God, we come before thee, O God. Heavenly Father, not deserving your grace and mercy, O God. That's why, Heavenly Father, the songwriter wrote, O God. He said, through it all, O God, I've learned to trust in Jesus, O God. He says, through it all, O God, I've learned to depend upon his name, O God. Heavenly Father, O God, it is a man with experience, O God, who wrote the song, O God. It is a man who has walked with God. It is a man who has tried God, Heavenly Father. That's why, O God, when we sing this song, O God, it takes us back to familiar places in Christ Jesus, O God. It takes us back to the foundation of the earth, O God. Heavenly Father, it makes us, O God, to loosen up, O God. It makes us, O God, to lay loose the weight that is set, O God, before us, O God. It makes us to look up to Calvary and say, Oh, there is a day, there is a day of Jubilee when I shall leave this flesh, O God. Heavenly Father, this morning or this evening, oh God, we just want to pray and say, oh God, oh God, come today, oh God. May it be a showdown, oh God. I'm reminded of John, oh God, the revelator, oh God. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Heavenly Father, oh God, here we are, oh God, in the Lord's day, oh God. Heavenly Father, help us to be in the spirit, oh God, so that we can catch the things of God, Heavenly Father. Lift us up, oh God, to be in the spirit, Heavenly Father, because Heavenly Father, those people which are not in the spirit, oh God, Heavenly Father, they see God, but when it comes to the hard times, oh God, they leave God. But Heavenly Father, oh God, help us, Heavenly Father, to be always in the spirit, oh God. Even this evening, oh God, help us, Heavenly Father, oh God, to give us more of the spiritual man, oh God. Heavenly Father, I'm reminded, oh God, of Moses, oh God, when he traveled, oh God, he, oh God, the man that was falling, oh God. Heavenly Father, it was each and every day a new man, oh Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, oh God, even today, oh God, we need our spiritual manners, oh God, today, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, may we also, Heavenly Father, everybody in the building, oh God, may we live, oh God, having known you in the power of your resurrection, oh God. Heavenly Father, may we know you, oh God, in the power of your most holy, holy God, Heavenly Father, where things happen, Heavenly Father, oh God. 
God, I'm reminded of Brother Brennan. He says, oh God, he saw a tent, Heavenly Father. He said he saw people crippled, oh God, going in. And they went out walking, Heavenly Father. Oh God, here we are in this tent today, oh God. It is not all about the flesh, oh God. But help our spiritual life, oh God. Help our sin-sick souls, Heavenly Father. May you lift us up, oh God, above all men reasoning, oh God. Because, Heavenly Father, there is a translation, oh God. There is, Heavenly Father, oh God, a change, oh God. Because, Heavenly Father, it is promised in your word. Heavenly Father, there is our only hope, Heavenly Father, in this dying world, oh God. Is that rapture, oh God. Is that body change, oh God. Heavenly Father, oh God, carry on, oh God, because you are here, oh God. Blessing each and every one, oh God. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
I'll fly away, oh glory. Before I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away, amen. Just give us the key. Some clap more when this life is over.
well with our soul. Amen.
Deuteronomy chapter 16 from verse 1. Saukala for in the month, month of Ebib, the Lord their God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord their God, of the flock and the head in the place which the Lord shall choose to place his name there. Thou shalt eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction, for thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. Isn't so who is Isikombisa? We are good la is Sinqua, Essing and Amphobella Ganyanalo, Essingua, Central Pego, Gogoba, Wapoma is when Lasaki Pete, Gogo, Nonopa, Ugoba, Ulukumbo, Uso, or Poma, Alo is when Lasaki Pete, Zonke, isn't so who's all Hambaguago. There shall be no leaven bread seen with thee in thy coast seven days, neither shall there anything of the flesh which thou sacrificed the first day at even, remain all night until the morning. Ayuku bonaga alam fubelo kuwe, emikawulwe niyako yonke izinsuwe zisikombisa, futi ayuku sala nyama o ishabili, kubusugu lukukala kusifla, ubusugu bonke kuzekube kuzekuse. Thou mayest not sacrifice the Passover within any of thy gates, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. That means we've got gates. And we need not to sacrifice the Passover within any of our gates. Verse 6, But at the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, to place his name in. There thou shalt sacrifice the Passover at even, at the going down of the sun, at the season thou camest forth out of Egypt. 
kepa enda wene ayakuiketa uji ohova nkulungulu wako ukoba ika malake lishale kuyo lapo ya kulishaba ipasika kusitwa e kushuni nguilanga nisikati o wapuma ngaso ekipiti as we pray most gracious heavenly father we have read a portion of the scripture lord we realize that you are the only one that can help us to have the right sifting when it comes to what we need to get from the scriptures amen and that is why you have been invited to this service and you are part of this service it is yours dear god that is why none of us has got the right to interpret your word except yourself dear god then the prophet taught us very well that there is a danger to misplace to misquote the word of god but whenever it is you doing it dear god there is no way that we can go wrong that is why we invite you to take charge dear god that when we come to the end of the service we should look at the word that you spoke that way two or three are gathered and are gathered in my name i shall be in their midst that is why we commit this service to you in the mighty name of jesus christ amen Amen. as you take your seats uh, just for a few minutes we just want to speak about the but uh, obviously leading you to the right place to worship amen you can never be able to know the right way to worship god unless you know yourself and unless you know God. Amen. So you need not just to hear about him. But you as well need to meet him personally. Because there are people that talk about him but there are people that know him. The people that talk about him. Uh, they've got no they've got they've not reached the call but the people that have met him they have met the call amen so we want to speak about the the real you i think the prophet says in the message the uh, and knoweth it not he says he doesn't know of anything that is delaying the departure of the church without uh, except that the church doesn't know who she is and then in another message he says i think it's christ is the mystery of god revealed he says the day the bride realizes who she is then the rapture will take place and then uh, i think even the scripture says the whole nation the creation is groaning for the manifest 
manifestations of the sons of God. It seems like everything is pointing to a point where you need to know who you are. And I don't think one would be able to uh, pray God or worship God in the manner that he is supposed to be worshipped without them knowing who they are. Today, in the end time, it is a battle of identities. Because it's, it would look like the devil would want to confuse believers but God wants to know to make the believers know who they are because if you know who you are then you know how to conduct yourself and when you know who you are then you are able to trace your origin and if you are able to trace your origin you are able to trace your maker so it is critical that we should know who we are and sometimes it's taken for granted where people think they know who they are. But I'm telling you that a lot of almost a, a huge percentage of the global population don't the people don't know who they are. They've been told who they are. They've been conditioned to know who they are. And if I say you've been told that means how you see yourself is based on how you were told. And if you have been conditioned somebody has conditioned you. And it may not necessarily be God. You may have been conditioned by your culture. You may have been conditioned by your family. But the problem is that your family are not eternal. They are not like God. They can only tell you based on who you are based on how they know the family. And your family identity, it may not necessarily be what you, what you are supposed to be. We have realized that in every family there are uh, some, some defects. The, every family has got certain things that they are not proud of. Every family has got a black sheep. Amen. Every family has got a black sheep. Uh, it means somebody that is gone oh, off the rails. Oh, Amen. Every family has got a black sheep. Amen. Especially at weddings, that's where you see the family black sheep. There is that uncle that you want to hide. And the more people come, the more visible he becomes. <laughs> Amen. Until you look this way and 
and that way and say what will my colleagues think or what will the people that I worship with say you know uncle is hey Amen. but he doesn't have a problem he will be going up and down uh, and especially they like to greet everybody that arrives I'm simply saying to show that no family is perfect but there are certain things about your family that you would want to hide and those things are the things that you are aware of and there are things that you are not aware of but they are embedded in your family and if they were to be brought to the surface you may not be proud of but I'm glad that there is another great family and it's not just a great family it's a perfect family that we have been born into because worshipping God you don't join a church you are born into. A believer doesn't join, a believer is born into. You are born into the body of Christ. What, why is there a need for you to be born anew? It is because the original gene, genetic pool it has been corrupted by sin. I think you can remember your moments that you were not proud of. And every time your old nature follows you. It is actually the devil following you with your old nature. And, and if you are not careful, you can relapse to your old nature. Especially if you are being put under a heat. Uh, have you ever been seen somebody being put under a heat? Uh, it doesn't mean that if I'm a worshiper, I'm a fool. Then you can see that there are two natures conflicting there. Because a believer is a believer all times. Whether he's happy, he's a believer. Whether he's unhappy, he's a believer. Well, I, think, uh, I think it was Billy Paul. He says, I was not amazed by many miracles that I saw. But it says the greatest thing that has ever captured my attention was to see how my father was able to respond in every situation with the spirit of Christ. I want to use the say in every situation as an operational weight. In every situation whether he's happy whether he's angry whether he's got believers 
whether he's got unbelievers, whether he's in church, whether he's in the home, he always used the spirit of Christ. And every poor person that claims to be a message believer must be able to respond to every situation with the spirit of Christ. Be it in a church, be it at work, be it wherever you find yourself, we need to respond with the spirit of Christ. But here we've read in the scriptures, it speaks about the seven days where you shall not eat any unleavened bread. Amen. For seven days. And we've come to learn that seven days it refers to seven church ages where you shall eat unleavened bread. Unleavened bread it refers to an adulterated word of the living God. Christ says I'm the bread that came from heaven. And he was unleavened bread. So uh, the word of God when it is unadulterated and when we say a word of God is unadulterated it means there is not being a human injection into it. There is no human interpretation. Seminary has a ro- no role to pray, to play. It is the word of God fresh from the mouth of God through the prophet to God's people. But today we know you've got the people claiming that they've got a word of God but they are taking that word from the school. And that theology it is a human conception and if it is a human conception the end of it will be death. The only thing that can impart life it is the word of God. And the word of God is not subject to modern conditions. It is the same eternally. Whether it is a modern era or not modern era. Because God is not operating by seasons. Although he is a dispensational God. But his character and his ways they change not. And when we believe the word of God we don't believe that in 2015 there will be a better version than 2014. It will be the same way but taking us to another higher level. It's not a new way taking us to a higher level. It is the same way that is taking us to higher level. That's why I don't want to believe in something that can be improved. Because one day it might be improved by a wrong person. But when God dropped his ways, it is enough for that age. You can't improve it. Now for seven days, we shall live, uh, we shall eat the unleavened bread. But uh, I like it where it speaks about that thou may not sacrifice the Passover within any of thy gates. 
But at the place where the Lord thy God has chosen. Amen. So I said we've got the gates. And, and I want to show you the gates that we've got. Amen. Okay, amen. So we, we've got the gates. The prophet of God taught us that we are a triune being. Amen. We are a triune being. Now, if we are a triune being, I said we need to, you need to know your real self. Uh, and if you know your real self, you will worship the real God through your real self. But if you don't know your real self, you will, you will, because God can only connect with your real self. Amen. Not your, what you think you are, but what He made you to be. Now, we, we said a human being has got the body, and He's got the spirit, and He's got the soul. Now, when you when you've got the body, the body is not you. It's not your real self. Hallelujah. The, the body, it is your dwelling place. The body of Jesus was not Christ. But Christ stayed in the body of Jesus. So you, 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 when you came to Jesus, it was not enough. But you had to know the one that was in Jesus. When you come to the prophet, it's not enough just to look at the prophet. You just need to know the one that is in the prophet. And we as well as believers, we must know our real selves. Because if I'm looking at Brother Msizi, this is not Brother Msizi, but it is where Brother Msizi stays. And for me, to be able to know the real brother Msizi, I must connect with him with my real self inside me. I think when Peter, when he met Jesus and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God, it was not a description of the body, but it was the description of the content of the body. He was describing what was in Jesus. And today you can only connect or for Peter to know who was in Jesus. He, he had to be somebody inside Peter. It, it was not something that was taking place on a bodily realm. That's why your body is not your real self. The day will come where you step out of the body. As much as you stepped into the body. So this body has got time that has been allocated here on earth There is a time of your birth and there shall be the time of your death. But the real person that comes into you and that leaves you, that is one that must worship God. This one can worship God. This one was fashioned 
passion through a sinful nature. He wants to listen to worldly music. He wants to, he's captivated by the world. But the real one inside must be the one that controls this body. And when we are looking at you, we see the outside man that is aging daily. But inside the man is becoming a newer, a friend, is becoming younger. The natural man is, is, you are able to see him with the naked eye. But the, the inward man, you can't see him with the naked eye. When, when Jesus said, The hour cometh, where the real, the true worshippers shall worship the Father, it means that the people whose real identity has been revealed unto them and they know that God is their father. So, and you've got the spirit and then you've got the soul. That's why we always say I, 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 I do not have a soul. I am a soul that has a body. This, this one will give you a clarity in terms of who you are. Because if you say you've got a soul, it means that the soul, you are detaching the soul from your real self. But if you say, I am the soul that has the body, that means you've got the understanding that you are the soul. But the body is not yourself. But the body is where you reside. And the prophet said, that soul is that theophany. Are we together? I hope you'll understand that there is another person living in you. Amen. So you are a body. You are a spirit. You are a soul. Now, this, this body has got gates. And the gates, it refers to how the, your eyesight, your smell, how you hear, taste, feel, feel. Those are the gates. But the scripture says, You shall not worship the Lord thy God at any of your gates. So that means you cannot worship God based on what you see. The God, you can worship him through your feelings. God does not interact with you how you feel. But it this, this gaze, they have been given to you to contact your earthly environment. If you hear somebody saying, the anointing was so strong until I felt it in my big toe, that person doesn't understand who God is. God, the, it wasn't God said that I'm the God of the hearts. God is looking 
at your soul. God doesn't care how you feel. But you need not to worship God at any of your games. And the spirit as well has got its own gates. It has the imagination. And today people worship by imagination. I was watching somebody, I think it was in the newspaper. I think it is a woman from Ghana. She described how she went to hell. How she met different presidents. And the things that she described there, they are unscriptural. But she's got people that are listening to her. But it's because why? She's imagining things. The word of God is something real. It's not something to be imagined. Hell is real. It's not something to be imagined. Heaven is real. It's not something to be imagined. Your imaginary can can be far away from the word of God. So that's why don't worship God through your imagination. And you've got the conscience and you've got the memory you've got the reasoning those are the inlets of the spirit but here let me tell you something if you have been risen into worshipping somebody will reason you out of it. But if you were born into it, no one can make you to be born out of it. So the word of God is higher than reasons. And when we presented the word to you, we are not trying to reason with you, but we are trying to contact your real self. And when we contact your real self, then there is a realization that actually there is a higher person than the one I thought I am. Let's look at the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman, all she thought is that she was a prostitute. She didn't think higher than that. That's what she did. And the community as well she didn't think highly of but, but the high priest everybody thought highly of the high priest because when you fought with your wife it was the high priest that came when you, there was death in the family the high priest came when you took the baby to the temple it was the high priest so the high priest seemed holy but the Samaritan woman was a prostitute. That's why, based, based on what people see, it may be far from the reality. The Samaritan woman, although she was a prostitute, but inside her, it was hidden a true worshiper. The high priest, although he was holy, but inside him, 
It was the spirit that rejected Christ. So how do you reconcile the two? Things that happen at the body realm may not necessarily define what happens in the spirit realm. I hope we understand me on that one. Now, when when Jesus came, uh, the Samaritan woman, there was no church that could accept her. Because I think every when she went to church, every sister checked where her husband was. If you blink, your husband is gone. It was a woman of such reputation. I think such time she realized that I can't go to church. Ah, they are not looking at me nicely. You know that in those olden days, when women went to fetch water, they went as a group. But when Jesus found her, she was a loner. No one wanted to associate with her. She was an outcast of the community. But it isn't wonderful that what the community may think is an outcast, maybe the very that God will elect to serve him. That's why we call it grace. Unmerited grace. We didn't do anything to serve him. But he, he just granted grace unto us. Now when Jesus went to the well, check how this woman was very dangerous. Because even the disciples, when they came back to buy food, and looked at him talking to the woman. They say, but how would he, why, why, what would he be speaking to that woman about? And here's my question, how did they know that she was a prostitute? That means there is an attire of a prostitute. So she was there looking like one, but Messiah was busy talking to her and say, give me the water. It was a simple talk. It seemed so natural, but it was a natural talk that was able to penetrate into her soul. When God comes to you and talks to you, it may be so simple that people may not read much into it, but it may be the very statement that will bring a realization. Give me the water. And the Samaritan woman said, you know, based on the segregation that we have, we the Jews are not supposed to speak to you. Because she thought she was a Samaritan. And she thought Jesus was a Jew. Don't judge the book by its cover. She was a Samaritan on the exterior. But inside she was the daughter of Abraham. I may seem like a South African, but I'm not a South African inside. So there is a real, your real self. And when she said no, and Jesus said, if you knew who was who speaking to you, you would ask me for water. Why is Jesus saying if she knew who she was speaking to? Jesus was introducing something that was not packaged by Jewish. 
Jesus was introducing something that you cannot describe it in terms of the Jewish tradition. He was why he was simply saying woman what you see is not really what it is. What you see you think it's a Jew but it's not a Jew. I am that Messiah that was prophesied. I am that product of God. I am the vision born. And all those things were hidden in this statement. If you knew who was speaking to you, I think some believers have said some point in time must come to a spot where you know who is speaking to you. Don't just look at the cover. But, but come to a full realization as to who is speaking to you. When the prophet came, he looked like a Kentucky. But some of us, when he spoke, we didn't see a Kentucky. We knew who was speaking to us. It was the Almighty God faith in the prophet. And then the Samaritan woman as she was there and she looked at him but, see, but you don't have a picture how are you going to fetch water and you know he changed this topic where is your husband hallelujah it seems so ordinarily but we have seen God was demonstrating through the Samaritan woman he knows where you come from he knows what you have been through and he will use those experiences he will use those experiences in order to bring you to a spot where you know who you are. You know, had it not been of some of your experiences, some of you would have never even thought that there should be God. Some of you, you would have never even desired to worship God. But there was a series of events that brought you to where you are. And some of the experiences, you can't share them with the people. But whenever you remember, tears begin to stream down your cheeks and say, Oh God, no wonder I went through that experience. No wonder I went through that experience. That's why if you see and connect the dots of your life, you will realize every experience was building towards something. Another experience built towards something. And you are here where you are today based on those experiences. That's why as a believer, don't complain about what you went through it was for a purpose this woman the reason she was chucked out of church is because Messiah was already chucked out of church and he was there to meet the Messiah not in a church building but outside the church building God is not found in a church building God is found in the heart Amen and they met at the well and say, uh, 
bring your husband. There were just two men and she still she forgot as to who, who's, which husband they were referring to. And say no, she was too even too ashamed. I've got no husband. When you come under the weight, you can't hide. Hallelujah. We can hide under psychology. We can hide under education. We can hide under politics. But not under the weight. The weight will reveal who you are. Hallelujah, as we said on Wednesday, on Sunday, our responsibility is to water the seed in you. That seed will come. Uh, you, you can come and flash for a po- up to a point. But, but the more we water, it will come. It's like a young girl that is pregnant that wants to hide the pregnancy. And you took a Hallelujah, tightening the belt. She will start by but, but the life is growing. If it was up to this hole, if she used to tie the belt up to this hole, then she needs to get onto another hole. Because there is a life growing. It is the law of growth. It must come to the manifestation. That's why we as believers in this world there is a life growing. We can't we can hide it anymore. It is growing every day. It is the life of God in the believer. And whatever life is in you, it must grow. And it must come to a point where it is visible to everybody. Amen. We are going into the extreme. A hypocrite can't stay for long anymore. Amen. You know the way, even those, let me just detour a little bit. Even those that follow Jesus, uh, after he multiplied bread, and fish, I don't know how things were after that service. Maybe some went home and found the ones that did not come to the service and maybe they expected that why don't you cook for us if you were in the service today there was going to be no need for anyone to cook in this house we ate today that man multiplied bread he multiplied fish tomorrow we are not cooking we are going to Amen. And they came in numbers. The young ones. When they came to the spot where Jesus was, they didn't find him. Where when you find us today is not where you're gonna find us tomorrow. Because the pillar of fire is moving, we are moving with it. Now Jesus was not found there. Then he had moved. They even uh, got a boat and crossed over the river. Amen. When they came there in numbers, if it was the pastors of today, Amen. 
they this pastor you know them the nigerians and all those yeah they were going to be happy that day it's a big number today and now we are going to see even more miracles but jesus when he saw the big number he designed their hearts and say you are looking for me not because of the weight but because i gave you food yesterday and now he said to them unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you are not worthy of me Ew, it, it caused problems and say what does he mean now I can imagine those that missed yesterday's service they must have asked those that told them what is he talking about because why now it required revelation they were not supposed to worship him at any of their gates. They were not supposed to smell the ministry. But something inside had to come in contact with Christ. And now they left. But if it's like that, then no. Hallelujah. Then 12 remained. About 12. You can think that now Jesus was thinking that you now it's a small church. This one I must give them courage. He turns around and says, Why don't you follow them? You know, Peter says, Where can we go? Because weights of eternal life are found in you. We are not looking for a bigger church. We are looking for the people that were called by God. We are not counting ourselves based on the people that are living. We are counting ourselves on the people that are being revelated. And when God raises the standards, he is not apologetic. Only the real seat will respond. And God is not accommodative. Amen. He's a God of his weight. Now the Samaritan woman. Jesus was there. And say, bring your husband. And she said, no. I don't have one. And Jesus, because you know there are sins that can hide themselves right in the depth of your soul. Amen. There are are diseases of the body. There are diseases of the spirit. And there are diseases of the soul. And here's something Brother Branham says in the message terminology. He says a man can can be insane but still be full of the Holy Ghost. How do you reconcile the two? He says it has nothing to do with the soul. Because insanity it is the the derailment of the spirit realm. Maybe your memory is no longer right. Maybe you imagine things but you can still be a child of God. Amen. But it sometimes you can be so so in the spirit but find that you have lost your mind in your soul. Are we together? 
Now this woman, she was a prostitute in the spirit. But here, the prophet says she had a heavenly representation. Bring your husband. I have none. He says, no. Even the one that you stay with is not your husband. You have had five. Is it six? It's six. Hallelujah. No, it was five. The sixth one was the one she was staying with. The seventh one was the one that changed her life. Hallelujah. We've had six messengers. But the seventh one is the one that changed the bride. Hallelujah. Now, you have had five and the sixth one that you are with is not your husband. Can you see it's just simple discussion? It's prostitute. That has never been to church. That has never, the priest did not want to see her. That the church people hated. And she looked at this man and said, Sir, I perceive that thou art the prophet. Based on what you told me, no man can tell me this thing. And the Christ looked at her and said, I am here. And when Christ said, I am here, she says, we know that when Messiah comes, he will tell us all things. He will tell us who we are. You have told me something better. Now I realize I'm not just a prostitute. A prostitute was able to identify the Messiah. But the priest did not know who the Messiah was. That's why when you go to church, it's not enough. Sometimes church people are far away from the real thing. But the people that are not at church, the prophet says, I thank God. God got hold of me. Before the church can get hold of me, the church will lead you far. And the word will bring you far and closer. Don't give me a church. Give me the word. Don't give me a church. Give me Christ. That's what it did to the, the Samaritan woman. Maybe you may not be a church person. Maybe you don't understand the scriptures. But when the word is being preached, something is leaping within you. You realize I may not understand everything. I may not understand the songs. I may not understand the scriptures. I may not understand the quotation. But something is responding. Why? You are a seat of God. And that's your real self. Not this body. Not the spirit. But your soul. Are we together, people? And there she was. With no religious background. With no pastor. With no church. And he looked at that man. As is depicted on this 
picture here. Look beyond his beard. And something just unveiled. This is he. And she took her picture and ran to the city and said, come and see a man who told me these old things. Is this not Christ? Now, she was the one that had a better message than the priest of the day. The priest of the day, the Sadducees and the scribes and the Pharisees, when they saw him, they said it's a Beelzebub. It's a demon. Church people looked at him and said, he's a demon. But a prostitute looked at him and said, that's my Messiah. He's not the one that runneth. But it is the grace of God. It's a predestination. Amen. And she came. The whole city came. And came to hear Jesus. Because what she was, the Samaritan woman, it is not who she was. What you are must not define who you are. Who you are must define what you are. I hope we are together. If you can get it in that manner, then the devil cannot confuse you. You will walk through this life with a sense of confidence knowing that you've got an answer. And you will not go around expecting that the world should grant you favors. But you will walk through life and know that the real you God knew his ways before you were born and predestinated your ways and knew that everything that you go through was predetermined and know that somebody is in charge of your soul. Then when you know yourself based on who you are here then you walk by faith. If you know yourself based on what you are you walk by doubt. You go through life being apologetic. Amen. Have you ever seen people that are walking with through life as if they stole God's oxygen? They are, they are apologetic to be alive. They are apologetic to be alive. They are, they are timid in life. But believer, we need you to be bold. And know that you have been predestinated. And know that you are the soul. And you know how much you are worth. Not 100,000. Not 200,000. Not 500,000. 500,000. 10,000 wealth. 10,000 wealth. Wealth. You look at this wealth. You combine the global revenue of this wealth. If it is 
hundred of trillions times it by 10,000. That's what you are worth. I thought you would say amen. Amen. That's what you are worth. But you know why we belittle ourselves? We allow how we are treated in the body to give our value, to determine the value of our soul. But we need to say, what happened here? What happened here? God himself took a body of flesh and died for you and rose and made you a mighty conqueror. When you define yourself based on what happens here, then you've got confidence even outside. You are able to say, I am a blood-bought child of God. How many are we this evening in church? Amen. Whatever number we are, just imagine each soul is worth Times it by the number of people here. How many wealth do we have? So this means when I come and stand here, I will not come and speak fairy tales. I realize the value of the people that I'm going to speak to. I can't take them for granted. When I've got my wife and I know her soul is worth 10,000 wells, I can't mistreat her. She can't mistreat me. I can't mistreat believers because I know they are value. You are value. It's ten times higher than wheat bank. Ten times wheat bank. Wheat bank is that it has how many? Twenty-two coal calories. Wheat bank in nineteen eighty minus twenty-two. Twenty-two coal. Is it coal colaris? They call them something like that. Oh, 22. In a, in a 22, I'm a coal colaris. It has how many? Six power stations? In a six, I'm a power station. That are pumping electricity throughout a, the country. When I look at the value of wheat bank, it is, it is 0.000% of worth what you are worth. I'm going to show you 0.000% then why would you walk through life being apologetic? Get in touch with your real self. I want you when you live here and speak like Paul. I know a man in Christ. Whether he was in the body or out of the body, but I know that man. And that's your soul. God bless you richly. I think we can say, blessed be, blessed be, blessed be, blessed be. Amen. How many know that they are available? 
Angetsewanye, they think the gospel is effective when we say, you are nothing, you will die. That's not the gospel. There's therefore, therefore, there is no more condemnation to those that are in Christ. Amen.
are people.
Amazing grace. Amazing grace.
Thank you.
wrong simply says come in while well, well, there's still time there is a place for you that's why there is this shout this shout is for you amen Brother Chris wants to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If there is anyone who says, I, I have heard this, and I've got a high ambition just to be a church member, I want to be his son or his daughter. They can see Brother Mpanyana there. We'll make sure that we baptize you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just raise your hand, Brother Mpanyana, so that they may see you. Amen. Amen. A little bit higher. Amen. See him and say, how do, how do I... How do I get connected and become the citizen of this economy? Yes, I love how you preach. I love how you sing. But I realize it's not enough to take me to heaven. But I must be identified. Scripturally. Not according to a church book. But according to the scripture. Amen. And if you have been baptized in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's not a baptism. It was just came up by some half-drunken pastor somewhere. Because if he was not drunk, he would know that Father is not a name. Son is not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. But Peter received the revelation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. No, there is no other name given unto the people under the heavens. That's Acts chapter 4 verse 12. That people can be saved by except in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul says do everything in his name. Pray in his name. Baptize in his name. Dedicate babies in his name. Because that's the name of our husband. Amen. So as Brother Chris will be baptized. Also my brother enter in. While there is still time. When you do that you shame the devil. Friends may not understand. But he is the greatest friend. Amen. In the way to Ipelelela, then we are gone till we meet on Sunday. God bless you. I think Brother William and Brother Mutogosisu will meet with our TUT students after the service. There's just a, a quick briefing on something. Amen. But, but before that, you can via Brother Mbayana. He's got water open. Is the John the Baptist and Brother Masangu here? Actually, we can even baptize you tonight. Yes. Is it fine, Brother Philip? 